0: And now I just want to let you know, we have a wonderful guest speaker with us today. It is such an honor to have Alan Aguste with us again. He's been a pastor in Columbus at the Vineyard for several years and continues to, to bless others with, with speaking around, around the country. So I'm honored to have him back. And uh, you guys are in for a real treat today. Sweet. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you, Ron. Good morning. Hi. Oh. It's good to be back with you guys. Uh, on account of three, shout out your name so I know who you are. Ready? One, two, three. So good to see you again. So glad to be here. Tell Grandma I said hi. So uh, Ross, uh, um, he gave me the task of speaking for the next couple of weeks. So we're going to be roommates for the next couple of weeks. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So, um, you know, I, he was like, hey, can you speak about whatever and i was like oh sure not every day a pastor calls you up and says you can speak about whatever and so i was like yeah sure like you know i and i threw him threw this out to him i I was like can i talk about this journey that we're on with jesus and he's gave me the green light so that's what we're going to talk about today this journey that we're on with jesus this this idea of like you know when i first became a christian i thought that when you became a christian you kind of like had this matrix download from Jesus, and you just arrived. You know what I mean? Everything was great. You know, and like, you know, you just, you just started walking like Jesus and talk. I don't even know how Jesus would have walked, but, you know, talking like him or whatever. And uh, no. <laughs> it's a journey. It's not about this download to us, but it's about this relationship where we walk intimately with Him. Walk intimately with Him. You know, and and it takes something. It takes this, like, sense of knowing Jesus. But, you know, I don't know about you, but I've come to realize that I can know someone from a distance. Like, I can know someone from a distance. Like, favorite actor, sports, personalities, and I can know them from a distance. my daughters knew this group way back in the day, and I, dude i 'm so glad they 're not here right now because they 'd be so mad at me for sharing this with you. but these guys, one direction <laughs> I just they annoyed me so much. you know you don 't know you're beautiful, oh, and that's what makes you beautiful I mean. Oh, they got under my skin because they captured my daughter's hearts. So that's probably why. But you know, they, they're this is a young picture. Now they're like probably got like beards and yeah. So, <laughs> but these guys, man, I'm sitting on my couch and I'm watching the cable that I am paying for on the TV that I bought. You understand me, parents? You feeling me? All right. And I think I was like watching reruns of Law & Order. I had this thing for Jack McCoy from Law & Order. Some of you are like, what is Law & Order? Don't worry about it. You can, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so Jack McCoy is this lawyer, and someone's in trouble. He's just like straight fair justice. Like, uh, you cut an old lady crossing the street. You're going to jail. Like, I mean, he's just, and he goes after you. There's nothing you can do about it. He's going to put you in jail. right, so I'm watching Law & Order, chilling on one day, and all of a sudden, my daughters run down the stairs. They like literally just run out of there. They jump in front of the TV. They grab the remote and they turn on like some music awards where these guys are doing their thing. <laughs> and I was like, "Wait a minute, excuse me. Like, I'm <clears throat> I'm watching TV, and my I mean my kids, they love me. They have respect for their dad. But right then and there, out the window. I mean, girls just turned around and was like One Direction." is on. I was like, I don't care. And I'm like, they're about to receive an award, Daddy. And I was like, what what is going on here? I was like, like you you've never met these dudes? And I you know, I'm just in my in my hand, I'm playing and I'm like, so who is one direction to you? Maybe I'm missing something. And my girls, I mean, it was like an encyclopedia of One Direction started floating out of their mouths. They were like, well, One Direction is, I mean, it's rallying off favorite colors, what they like, who likes to do what, da, da da names and nicknames and middle names and names that aren't even on birth certificates. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. I mean, they even have a friend. This, this is how creepy fans can be. They have a friend who actually believes that she has found. A phone number to one of these guys. I'm like, you're creepy. <laughs> and so, I put on my daddy hat and wisdom of Yoda comes out. And I was like, interesting that you know so much about them. And he was like, uh huh. And I'm like, whoa. What do they know about you? Single tear. <laughs> you know. Because the truth hit them that though they knew all this stuff about them, they don't really know my daughters. They don't know them from a hole in the wall. In that moment, I regained back my control and I I turned back law and order. (laughs) Let that one sink in. And so we, we know people from a distance. You know, we can know Jesus from a distance, can't we? I mean, like we can rattle off. Like, I know stuff about Jesus. People know stuff about Jesus. Those that follow him, those that don't, you know, most scholars, whether Christian or not, will say that he was an actual person. There's records of this Jesus being tortured and crucified by Romans, like in scripture and out of scripture. Some would say, some even some religions say that Jesus was a real person and that he was a, a good teacher. We know facts. Those of us that follow him, we would say, you know, he was a miracle worker. And we know facts about these miracles that he did, healing the blind. Like, did you know he spit in mud one time? He literally hawked the lungy, spit into the ground, mixed it, and slapped it on this dude's eyes. If you don't think that's strange, I'm sorry for you. (laughs) Like that's weird, right? He does these weird things. Like, hey, go dip in that pool, and you'll be all right. We know these stories, and we know these facts. And from a distance, he looks cool. But Jesus is not about this distance relationship with us, right? He says, "I want you to draw close." And in order to draw close with Him, we have to do something. We, we have to, like, know Him by walking with Him. Let me explain what I'm talking about. In if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 16, or you can read up from the screens with us. Um, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, I'm reading through NIV. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, I practiced so hard to say that for you. I, I really did. I was like, Caesarea, Caesarea... Philip E. <laughs> so, anyway. Anyway, Caesarea Philippi, I feel so scholarful now. He asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But, what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. I love this story right here. There's so much going on in there. I mean, Jesus is hanging out with these dudes for a long time. I mean, he's living with these guys, right? You ever live with somebody? Oh, man, I just seen a bunch of wives look at the husbands like, Yeah, I'm, I don't live with this guy. I know. <laughs> when you live with somebody, you get to know them, right? And Jesus is like, sits his boys down, he says, hey, who do people say that I am? And they're, they're like, you know, well, some say that you're like, and some say that you be like, and some say that you dress like or look like, and I don't have feeling. I do. Like when people, like, they, they, they associate who you are from a distance by what you do. Oh, dude, you're the rapper guy. Kind of. <laughs> Oh, you're, you're the guy who likes to spin on his head. Not really a lot anymore. <laughs> 41, the centrifugal force is getting kind of wider. Hard to... Okay, you get it. So... <laughs> Jesus was, was getting this from his disciples and he's like, that's, that's cool what they say, those who know me from a distance. But you you who have laughed with me who have cried with me who have walked with me you who have heard me know my heart who do you say that i am that's a deep question right there because it's not one of a distance it's not one of facts uh, that you can find in a book or you know find on the internet somewhere It's not just what the pastor says up here or those who teach from the pulpit. Young people, it's not just what your youth pastor says or your mom says or your dad says. Oh no, this is deeper. This is of something born out of experience. Out of relationship. Out of walking with and living with. Jesus turns and he says, who do you say that I am? When I was younger. Uh, the first thing I come to find out about Jesus is that He was my lover. He loved me. <laughs> Still does. <laughs> Never won't. Right? But I, I I started walking with that, and I started realizing that I could trust Him. That that He's He's honest. Came to know Him as being faithful. So when people ask me who you are, I'm like, dude, my My Jesus is consistent, hitting, batting thousands, spilling, living words... I'm submerged, totally engulfed in God's word, word. He's my function, unction, anointing, my consultant, life giver, life blesser, my pilot, my forgiver, restore, refresher, smashing yokes, my lifted banner, my speaker, my teacher, healer, blood given, deliverer, day star, ghost star, slain lamb, three day rise, just a fire, soon coming king, Crowd is my Messiah of Judah, wars a line, I'm joyous, joy and feeling, overflowing like shining, I'm moon reflecting, sunshine like blasting, glorious radiant, blast the morning, Sun reigns, I obtain salvation in it through his name. Jesus Christ, champ. Let's go further with the Ion champion. All will crunch with our white horse, he will come. Victorious, splendid, gloriously glorious, superior, never inferior. My God reigns on forever. That's who Jesus is to me. It's become real. And that's not born. That's not born out of, well, Lord, let me teach you about who Jesus is. You know, he's... Yeah, he got like these 12 guys that used to follow women. He's a good guy, and he says he's king. It's like, no, dude, that was born out of learning to walk with Jesus through nightmarish life, through good times, through the ups and the downs, through the hardships and the easy. I've come to know who Jesus is, and he's real. But here's the kicker. There's always more to know. There's always more to know, Friend. You know, Jesus, if you don't, listen to me. Listen, listen to the sound of my voice for a second. I know there's a lot of things to talk about, like grandma's pot roast after the service and, you know, or what you're going to get on your burrito at Chipotle after this. I get it. There's a lot to think about. This world is complicated. But right now, right now, just, just listen. Maybe sitting here and you're like, dude, I don't even know. I don't know Jesus from a hole in the wall. He could be you. And I'm telling you, he is not me. You don't know him. He's like, will you know me? Will you? Let's take a step. Let's take a step. Will you know me in just one way? One way. Maybe for you today, Jesus can be known as provider, as friend a person that you could trust and you could turn to maybe maybe today Jesus wants you to know him deeper Christian who's been walking with Christ since you were a zygote I get it embryo by the way that's right before the embryo stages like, okay some of y'all are like what what's a zygote is that a new zebra no <laughs> like you've been walking with him a long time and Jesus is like you know there's more to me than you think Maybe it's an old way. Maybe you've forgotten something about Jesus. and Right now, you need to remember him in this way for your life. Will you? Will you take his hand, person who doesn't know Jesus? Will you, person who knows Christ? Will you take his hand and let him walk with you so that he can tell you and you can learn more about him in a deeper in a more personal way? But here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. I love this about Him. Because it's not just about this creeper relationship where we're just like, Jesus! Jesus! Like, you know, I love you! (laughs) Like, no. It's not that. It's not that at all. But it's this two-way street. Because as we get to know Him, we come to realize how much He knows about us. How much He knows about us. In Matthew 16, 17... Jesus replied after Peter was like, yo, Jesus, I know exactly who, uh, who you are. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The NIV, I love it. It was like, I'm glad that you know who you are, you won't know who I am, but let me turn around now and tell you who you are. Who you are. You know, Peter was a knucklehead. He did some weird things. Like, there's a story of, like, you know, Jesus is is in a garden, and, like, you know, he's praying, blood, sweat, whatever, and then he comes down, and then, like, you know, these Roman armies show up, centurions show up, and they're ready to take Jesus, and Peter, like, pulls his sword and starts chopping off people's ears. Like, he's just like, you're not going to touch my Jesus! Ah! Oh, my gosh! And, like, you know, and in the next moment, Peter's like, Jesus, who's that? I have no clue who Jesus is. One minute, he's like tripping out, like, I got no food. I got nothing. And Jesus is like, throw your net over here. And he's like, well, dude, never failed me before. Throws his net and like catches a bunch of fish. And the next minute, he's running on water towards Jesus. Everybody else is staying in the boat. But Peter, he's like out the boat, just call Jesus until he realizes, oh, my gosh, I'm running on water. But you can can say he's a knucklehead. You can say that that Peter was wishy-washy. You can say that Peter, um, Peter was like, you know, just strong in his faith. You can say whatever you want about Peter. But one thing Peter did have was some serious personal experiences of who Jesus is. I love that about him. And Jesus, he recognized that. He's like, you didn't learn this about me in some book. But you learned this through my Heavenly Father. Exactly who I am. You've been walking with me. But now, let me turn around and tell you who you are. I can I answer you a question? Who are you? Have you ever looked in the mirror and just asked that question? Maybe while you're driving, you look up and you see your own little eyes. Or big eyes, Whatever. Who are you? I mean, it sounds like a simple question, right? And I know right off the bat, I don't know about you, but I know right off the bat, I go to immediately, like I said, to just different areas. Like I, I think sometimes we think we're who other people say about us. I saw this movie called Central Intelligence with Kevin Hart. He's a funny dude. Some people automatically, I don't know, maybe because I'm black. And funny, he's like, huh? People are like, huh? you remind me of Kevin Hart. I'm like, dude, we, we look nothing alike. He definitely has more money than I do. <laughs> right, so Kevin Hart, in, uh, Kevin Hart in this movie, he's walk, working with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You know, the guy looks like he swallowed a baby calf, like that guy. Big dude. And it got stuck in his neck. He's, I can't even do it justice. Anyway, so... Wayne Rock Johnson is a CIA agent. He like important part of the movie, he like took on five guys in the middle of a bar, like, you know, haya like just waxed them. It was it was great, right? But then you would think this guy would be able to take out anyone because of who he is and what he has in his bag of tricks. But there was a part of the movie that showed no. No. He walks into the office of an old high school uh, partner who this guy and the group of guys used to bully him like it was nobody's business. He wasn't... Looking like that in high school. In high school, he was a little chunky. He had braces, like curly hair. He did weird things like sing in a boy's shower all by himself. Like, it was awkward. They called him fat, they called him a loser, called him a nobody. They didn't make fun of him. So when he runs into this old guy from high school, and this this guy from high school starts making fun of him, Kevin Hart looks at uh, the high school bully. And he says, "You better shut your mouth." And the guy's like, "Why?" He's like, "Because he's about to do something." He's like, "Get up, do something." And the way he just stood there, like thirty minutes. Earlier in the movie, he's throwing guys over tables and he's picking up another guy and he's just like, I don't like you. And he's slamming him into the ground and, you know, the other guys are running away. Mommy! But in this moment, it was different. Because in this moment, he looked into the window and saw his reflection. And he didn't even see this big dude. Instead, he saw... That kid from high school that he was. And he heard the words of those bullies. And he believed that's who he was. And we go, Alon, that's just a movie. That's just a movie. But I'm like, no. No, the reality of it is true. The reality of it is true. And for some of us, we live in this reality. I'm 41 years old. I know things. been around a block once or twice. I fought my so-called inner demons. More like Jesus did. <laughs> I've, I'm healed. I've, I've been walking with Jesus since I was 14. I'm good. A little while ago, my daughter walks up to me and she shares some news with me and I was disappointing and, you know... Something cool didn't happen, uh, something cool, uncool happened, and I was upset. Immediately, I began to shut down. She comes up to me later, and she's like, Dad, I'm going to stir. I'm going to go get, uh, go get a milkshake, and would you like one? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Continue shutting down inside these voices start rattling in my head. They're voices of like, maybe if you would have talked to her, maybe if you would have said, maybe if you would have sat her down like a single audience and preached this message to her, it would have been different. Maybe if you were a better dad, maybe if you would have been a protector, maybe if you would have, playing in my head. went to Jesus with this and After working it out with Jesus, here's what I come to find. The reason why I shut down and the reason why I started beating up myself because I was believing in a lie from my past. See, in my past, like, my mom, family taught me how to hate myself. And one thing my mom would do is she would cross her arms and she would look at me like bad. or she would turn around and just be like, "Uh," and then she would just words and, and, and fists and whatever and would beat me down. So I started doing that to myself at a younger age, at a young age. And here I am now older and my daughter is presenting something to me and instead of like, you know what? Let's go to Jesus with this. You know what? God loves you. And, you know, instead of like, you know what? Like, look. Let's allow God to really work in this. I'm going, dude, you are a bad dad. This is your fault. And I'm beating myself up. Has anybody done that before? Catch, sh- a show hands so I know I'm not alone? Right? This still happens. We live under the labels that people put on us in our lives. Who are you? Maybe it's not a label that other people have put on. Maybe it's a label that you've put on. Like a label that says something like, you know, I am whatever, fill in the blank. I had one kid in a in high school ministry I was a youth pastor at, and uh, he was a big dude, another huge guy. And he was an athlete, star football player, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade He's just like walking around running through people and college scouts are looking at him and they're just like, dude, you are a football player of epic proportion. Comes to me one day and he's like, Pastor Alon, when I go into NFL, I'm going to send you tickets. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Please do. 12th grade year hits and He's in a game and he blows out his knee. Doctors tell him he's probably not going to play football anymore. The identity that he had slapped on his chest, star football player, all of a sudden got X'd out. <clears throat> and he didn't know who he was. Went into depression, got into drugs. He was searching for his identity in everywhere well, except for where he should have. Yeah, it's a young person, Alon. What about me as an old person? I left Vineyard Columbus in 2014 because I felt like I was supposed to go do something else. And I remember like like the day after I left, I had a depressive state. I was feeling like depressed. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I feel bad. Talking it through, you know what? I realized that youth pastoring was my identity told myself that this is who I am. So all of a sudden, I'm not a youth pastor anymore, and guess what? I feel like I lost my identity. You can take that label and replace it with whatever you have, but if it's your label or someone else's label, it's going to fail you. It's going to fail you, because that's not who you are. According to our scriptures that we are reading from Christ, like this, this is who we are. God says, you are loved you are loved, but because of His great love for us, there is this great love that God has for you and I. And I know that sounds simple, but people, if we really lived like we were loved by God, oh man, oh man, our lives. Just and when we do live like we are really loved by God, like that is our only identity—not that I'm a rapper not that I'm a former breakdancer <clears throat> not that I'm a husband not that I'm a father not that you know I'm who so and so's friend not that I'm short black and whatever <laughs> not that is my identity but my identity before any of those things is that I am loved by God oh man it changes everything and only that scripture says then we are an original masterpiece. In Psalms 139, I believe it is. Can we throw that up there? Psalms one thirty nine thirteen says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This author is like, I know who created me. I know that I'm not just like this, you know, thing in a line of things that are made and look the same. Nah, man. This guy right here, you, if you took your finger and put it to your nose, realize that you, me, we're the only me here. Out of billions of people, there's no one else like you. No one else. God made you just the way you are. And he loves you full well. How do I make this come clean and simple to you? How do I make you understand what I'm talking about here? Because some of us, I know, like even me, I struggle. I'm like, God, that's too simple. I want Christianity to be rocket science, relationship with God to be rocket science. It's like, it's not rocket science. I love you. I love you. I pursue you every day. How do we make this simple? I'm going to tell you a corny story. Please bear with me. Is it okay? Are you sure? Okay here it is oh, I love you God I can't stand this story but I'm going to say it because it's so true there once was a kingdom and in this kingdom there was this father who had four daughters and the last daughter well she's not that cute to look at most people would say alright Look, some of you are like I'm not going to even fit this story in my life right now Alain. this story sucks I get it. Just hold on with me. Bear with me. Well, in this in this village that I'm, um, this kingdom. If you wanted to marry a daughter, I'm sorry, ladies, this is not 2018. Uh, but if you wanted to marry this daughter, a man would come to the father and he would say, "Hey, can I marry your daughter?" And he would say, "Well, uh, you have to give me a cow, a cow." Now, depending on what this cow looked like, is how much you. Like, really appreciated or loved this man's daughter. Like, so if you gave, like, a skinny, scrawny-looking cow, father was like, ah, you really don't like my daughter that much. But if you gave a fat, plump, juicy cow, that meant, "Woo, your love for this daughter was great. Right? Just great. One day, the prince in this kingdom, he's walking. He's on his way to Starbucks, get himself a cappuccino, frozen, of course. And he walks into Starbucks, and he sees the younger daughter walking around in Starbucks, and he goes, ooh, wow. He walks up to her and he's like, Hey, yo, girl, what's your name? Kind of like you. And she's like, (laughs) That's cute. She's like, Can I buy you a cappuccino? Well, really? Yeah. And so they get each other cappuccinos and they start walking and talking. They do this for like a month. Two months, three months, four months, five months, six months. At six months, all of a sudden, the prince looks at this daughter and he goes, Hey, can you take me to your father? And the daughter, having lived life with the sense that maybe she wasn't as pretty as the other daughters and other girls in the kingdom, she started getting anxious because she knows where this is going. She goes, "No, No, no, no. I know what's gonna happen. You're gonna play a joke. You're gonna tell my, my father that you wanna, you wanna marry me and then all of a sudden you're gonna say no. Or you're gonna give him this, like this strange, like ET looking cow. And the prince, he takes her by her chin and he, he puts her head up and he goes, sweetheart, oh, you don't know what you're worth. Take me to your father. So she goes, okay, I'm just going to run off really quick and I'm going to go in there. I'm going to tell him that you're coming and just get there before you. She just darts off and he just moseying on down the road. She gets to the house. She opens the door. She runs to her room, slams the door. and She yells from her room, daddy, the prince is coming to see you. And dad's like, what? And all of a sudden the prince knocks on the door, knock, knock, opens the door. And dad goes, what do you want? He goes, hey, I want to marry your daughter. Dad goes, huh, which one? That's the young one. Ah, you don't want her. She's not real. I got three other daughters. He's thinking about the cow. The big one. <laughs> the prince argues with the dad. And, and then finally, the, the prince is like, well, you know, sir, I, I, don't, I don't want to offend you. I just, I just, look, I really want to marry your daughter. And the dad goes, fine, give me a cow. I know, I know. Probably going to give me that strange looking one up there, but like, just give me the cow. And the prince, the prince all of a sudden, he got a backbone, stuck his chest out, got a deep baritone voice and said, excuse me, sir, I don't mean to offend you, but you don't know how much your daughter is valuable to me, how much she's worth, how much of my love I'm willing to give over. For your daughter. And the dad's like. What are you talking about? Prince goes. You you would think. That by me showing my love for your daughter. That I would give you one plump. Fat juicy cat. Dad's like yeah. That's what I'm looking for. And he goes nah. You don't know. The value of your daughter. And how much she is worth. Kicks open the front door and he's like, "Look over on those hills and up on the hills. there was like hundreds of hills with like hundreds of fat, plump, juicy cows." And the dad's like, "You want me to pick out one?" He said, "Nah. You don't understand. I believe your daughter is worth every single one. Take them all." And at this sound, the daughter is in the back. She is like in her room and she hears that and she flings open the door and she's like, <laughs> oh, I'm worth a hundred cows! And then she runs over to Starbucks and she kicks the frappuccino out of some guy's hand and goes, <laughs> I'm worth hundreds of cows! And she runs over to Chipotle and she goes in the line and goes, give me cheese on that. <laughs> And she's dancing and just swinging through uptown Westerville. Just follow me along on this story, please. And she's swinging along and she's dancing and singing. She gets to Fourth Friday where people are eating all kinds of foods. She yells out at the top of her lungs, I want hundreds of cows. Stupid story, I know. Back with the dad in this prince. Dad goes, you know, you could have gave me just one cow. The prince was like, you don't get it, do you? If I would have gave you one cow, she would have acted like she was worth one cow. But look at her go now. Look at her go. I think that story is so corny. But the truth of it is true. When you think about Jesus, you know, the Father God, he could have sent Gabriel. Nah. He could have sent Michael. Archangel, nah. He could have sent Moses. I mean, he was a pretty cool guy, right? A little weird. Nah. He could have sent Noah. Uh Uh-uh. He could have put Enoch riding in on a stallion with rainbows floating out of his nose to die for you and I. Nah. You know who I'm gonna send? I'm gonna send what's most valuable to me. Show you you are. I'm going to send my own flesh and blood My son Jesus Christ To hang on a cross for you With arms open wide To display to you How much love I have for you See friends when we We live out of that Oh man Those labels that other people have on us Just begin to wash away All due to the love of God that's for you in your life we're about to take communion as we do I want you to ponder these two concepts the first one is that Jesus is calling you to walk with him to know him and a question you may want to pose as you take communion actually afterwards if you want to respond is, how does Jesus want me to know him today? The other one is, like, during communion is this love, this great, awesome love that pursues us every day of our lives. That goes for us. that's huge. It's unlimited. that has no end. That God shows for us. As we remember the cross, as we remember the body of Christ broken, as we remember his blood poured out. Remember his love. Remember his love. And then later, if there's something going on where you feel like God is saying, I need you, I want you to experience my love today. Maybe you want someone to pray with you and we'll be good for that. We'll be good for that. Let me pray for you and communion and we'll go on. God, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you love us so much that you don't desire this relationship with us where we are far and away. You're not embarrassed of us. You're not this God who sits off some cloud, in some clouds with a stick ready to hit us every time we do something wrong but instead you look for ways, you invent ways to show us that you love us. Matter of fact, the ultimate way was through your son, Jesus. So God, as we take communion, would you help us to remember that? And then Lord, if there's any way that you want us to respond afterwards, God help us in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon audio. If you're loving Quest podcast, let us know on Facebook or Twitter by using the hashtag GoToQuest. For more information on Quest, who we are, and what God is doing here, or if you would like to help support Quest financially, please visit us at GoToQuest.org. That's G-O-T-O-Quest.org. Thanks for listening.